Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr, and we have another amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Ryan Johnston. Ryan is a marketing executive with deep expertise in demand generation, from highly verticalized and ABM motions in the enterprise to PLG motions at startups. He has seen it all and built go-to-market strategies at multiple B2B tech companies along the way. In his most recent role, he caught the AI wave early as the VP of marketing at Ryder. Ryan, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. Hey, Brandy. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. I am super excited to talk to you. I think it's been a long time coming. We've been able to make our schedules work. Um, but before we jump into our topic today, I like to break the ice with a little woo-saw moment that I call buzzword banishment. So tell me, what overused buzzword would you like to get rid of forever? Well, Brandy, I know you've had a ton of great ones on your show so far at this point, but having been deep in the AI world, I'm ready to get rid of the idea of AI content detection. I think this notion of trying to figure out what percentage of content may or may not have come from AI is just something we all need to move on from. So I'd love to just set, set, sunset that notion altogether. I love it. And it's something I've always been confused by mm -hmm. is like, why are people obsessed with this? Like, what does it really matter? Like you think about, we've used ghostwriters, you know, to write marketing mm -hmm. content for forever. And in general, even with most marketing content, doesn't have an author listed anyway. So it's like, why does it matter if it was a human or a bot or a combination of both that wrote it? So it's like this weird obsession with AI content detection is a bit odd to me. I would agree. I mean, we've been using spell check for how long at this point in time? We've all had a little <laughs> bit of technology assisting us along the way here. So let's just embrace it and continue to move forward. Yeah, because when it comes to spell check, 100% of my writing is uh, <laughs> is AI evaluated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the one place, though, where I do fall into some of the craze is when it comes to images. Mm -hmm. in, you know, looking at like, is that AI? Is that a real photo? Um, and that's, you know, that's a, a whole different discussion for a different day. Um, but now that we've gotten that off our chest, we won't talk about any AI content detection. So tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab today? Yeah, I mean, on a similar note, we are here to chat about how AI and content can come together, how AI can be a part of your content creation process every step along the way, especially how marketers and just organizations in general can be using AI um, as part of that content process. So happy to dig in with you. Awesome. Well, I believe in setting intentions. It gives us focus. It gives us purpose. And most important, it lets our audience know what they should expect from our conversation today. So what is your best hopes for our talk or what are your intentions 
for this session? Yeah, I think um, I think intentions are to help people remove any bias that they might have around how AI might impact the work that they do and be able to set that aside and open enter this with an open mind and have an open perspective to figure out how this might best support them and work with them, despite past experiences or any other way that they've tried to use it in the past. So just intentionally come into this space with me, remove that bias, and let's see what we can get to. Awesome. Well, this is a good continuation of a conversation. Uh, for those that may not have listened in episode 53, I talked to Nicole Leffler, um, who has also been, you know, early adopter, really been involved in the AI space. And we talked about some of the basics around why people should start to consider AI in marketing in general. And so where I'd really like to focus with you, Ryan, and I know you have lots of expertise in this area, is that content generation. And I love the angle of trying to remove some of the bias around working with AI, um, because I do think that that is a barrier that a lot of people, especially people who are not naturally early adopters mm -hmm. for technology, really struggle with. So my first question is, Let's get the bias out. Like let's let's put it all out there. Yeah. Uh, and so, what are some of the common biases that you are seeing as you've talked to people? Yeah, and Nicole's great. We all actually all live in the Atlanta metro area, so we've got to get together with Nicole sometime too, Brandy. Yes, we? definitely. I'm always game for a happy hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the biases. I think first and foremost, and we even noticed this last year when we were first starting to, you know, see the wave of AI come back to life again. Here is around. The idea that, you know, the content itself is not good. There were, you know, periods of time, you know, over the past decade, people tried to use AI generated content in some form or fashion and were not impressed with the output. And so I think there was this general skepticism that has always persisted that if this content is not good, therefore I could not use it. It's not worth my time to leverage it, use it as part of my process, and therefore I should just ignore it. And my own writing is the best right now I can use or my own content just across the board is the best one. So I think first and foremost is just, the skepticism around whether or not the content is actually of quality of any sort. Um, yeah, and I hear that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm really active on LinkedIn. And this is one of the things that I see debated a lot in that some people are like, oh, you know, I can totally, going back to the detection, mm -hmm. tell when AI wrote it because mm -hmm. it all sounds like AI. Right. And then kind of the other argument is, you know, if you have to go through the effort of putting in all of these prompts, then you suck as a marketer is kind of like some of the, you know, the, it's almost like the bro code on LinkedIn, yeah, like yeah. some of those. Call it out. <laughs> yeah. That, that try to make polarizing statements to get a rise out of people. And, you know, I find myself getting caught up in some of the debates. Like sometimes I'm like, why am I even trying? Like, they're not going to listen, but you know, in that I have learned just in my own experience, and I mean, it's probably been less than six months that I've really been giving AI some some strong attention, that it really does come down to like what you put in is what mm -hmm. you get out. Yeah. Because I can say that when I first started, um, I was like using it as a way to give me a draft, mm -hmm. like give me a draft and now I'll rewrite it. Like, and it just was a way for me to not have a blank piece of paper that I was starting from. Um, and then talking to people and they're like, oh, you're working way too hard at this. <laughs> like, you know, and so 
how do we, you know, how, what do you say to people who are like, the content's not that great. Like, you know, it's more effort for me to try to get AI to do it. What are some of your thoughts there? Yeah. And I think your idea of garbage in, garbage out is totally accurate as well, too. And I think that's why we're seeing even people like Nicole continue to reinforce this idea that, you know, the better you are at providing AI the information that it needs to give you the content that you want back, the better results that you're going to get at that point in time. So it's kind of a give and take here. We can't just put really basic information in there all the time and expect to get something written in our brand voice to the level of quality that we want at the reading level that we want, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there is a lot of, you know, you have to build the skill a little bit yourself as well here too. Um, yeah. I mean, I think what we're seeing too is, you know, this idea that like, there's different phases of the writing process. Let's just talk about writing specifically here as part of the content creation process. You know, you've got ideation, you've got editing, or sorry, you've got drafting, you've got editing, you've got publishing, you've got distribution. All of those different phases are areas where some people are really strong and some people are not as strong. And when you can recognize where your own either weaknesses are or the areas that you get hung up the most or the areas that you think you could automate a little bit better, that's when you can start to introduce AI. And I would bet that anybody listening to this today um, doesn't feel 100% the best at all of those areas. And so when you think about your own process, like if you have the fear of the blank page, if the hardest thing for you to do is just to write those first few words down, get some support from AI. If you love writing on the blank page, but you hate the editing process, get some support from AI at that point. I think there's people are stuck in this spot that it's all just like, I write a prompt and then I get an output and I'm good to go at that point. And AI can help you through every part of that process. So like, depending on where your strengths and weaknesses are, lean in appropriately is what I would say. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about each of those phases. Cause I yeah. like the way that you broke that down. Um, and I know for me, ideation of pulling the thoughts out of my head is where I struggle most. Okay. Um, if I'm trying to write something, whether it's, you know, an article, website copy, whatever, I can literally spend hours staring at a blank Word document just trying to get something on the page. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things, you know, I think probably where I started with AI was leveraging, and I started with ChatGPT, which I think is pretty yeah. much where everybody kind of yeah. starts, um, leveraging it to like be the, the, the other person that I have a conversation with. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm thinking this, what other, you know, relevant ideas? It's like, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Okay. I'm thinking this now, what do you think? And then it's like, okay, give me, you know, five bullet points that summarize this conversation. And so now my page is not blank. Uh -huh. And whether those ideas are good, bad, or indifferent, it's like having that thought process of, you know, getting that mojo going, like just has been, it's been earth shattering for me. Like <laughs> my team has been shocked at how much content I've been able to create so much faster because, you know, they asked me for three things. Normally I'm like, yeah, I got one for you. <laughs> And, you know, once I started using AI, it was like, here's all three, like, you know, <laughs> go forth and be merry. And it's, there was a little bit of shock and awe there, like, wow, she got them all done. <laughs> um, and so what are some of your thoughts if ideation is the place that people struggle? What do you, you know, where do you see AI being valuable? And then I always also like to talk about mm -hmm. what are some of the, the drawbacks or gotchas as well? Hmm. I mean, Brandy, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the biggest thing for me is 
if you struggle to come up with one idea, imagine the notion that you have to come up with three to five ideas that you want to parse through at any point in time. And so I think, and I've done this myself too, when you're trying to come up with that perfect email subject line that you want to use, you're coming up with that next blog post idea, anything that you typically would view as just kind of general marketing content, having three to five ideas that you then can personally edit is so much better than having to come up with three to five from scratch when you typically might get blocked even doing just one or two. And so I think that's the thing that's so valuable here is if you can immediately get five different flavors of variations of what you're trying to do, let's just say email subject lines, you might not like any of them, but you might like this part of this one and this part of this one and this part of this one and cobble it together. And I've had that happen multiple times where I've never just copy and pasted an output, but I've been able to piece together the right fragments of the subject line that I wanted to use in this example to have the output that I'm looking for. So it's almost like if my creativity is blocked initially, I'm using this to then spark my own creativity as opposed to using it to give me what I intend to go, you know, copy and paste into whatever email um, tool that I'm using at the end of the day. And so I think some of the gotchas can be the fact that people can not lean into the process so they can say, you know, give me five examples of something, take one of those five and just run with it. And then not think about, okay, was this actually quality marketing copy? Would this meet my own expectations? Does this meet my editorial guidelines, et cetera? Like there's the phrase human in the loop and all of these different flavors of that. At the end of the day, that's still representing you and your brand, what you publish. And so you should not put your full faith in AI in the same way you probably would still have somebody double check the work of some of your copywriters on your team. There's still a review process here. And I think you need to make sure that that's still a part of the way you operate. Yeah, and that that is so true. And even, you know, kind of st sticking with focusing on the ideation yeah, yeah. piece, I think the other thing that you kind of hit on subtly is, you know, we have a lot of the ideas in our own heads. We have our experiences, our, you know, industry expertise, et cetera. But because AI has been trained on so much information, there's also new ideas that mm -hmm. get introduced that sometimes, you know, I know the hardest thing for me is so much of what I know just comes natural. Like mm -hmm. I just, it's what I do. It's what I live. It's what I breathe. And so sometimes being able to like distill down what don't other people know? Like what's going to attract those people? Um, and in some places I've had AI pull in thoughts in that ideation process that I hadn't really thought about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, different aspects. And so I think that that's another place where, you know, it, it is, and you obviously you have to fact check because we know it can, you know, make up some things mm -hmm. and things like that. But just even because I've had times where I've gotten a colleague like, you know, I'll slack my team like, is anybody online like that they can ideate with me for 10 mm -hmm. minutes? And it really is just needing that other body to, you know, bounce back and forth. And so it's like you can do that with a bot and, you know, go as long as you need to and not <laughs> disturb somebody else. Yeah, Brandy, I feel like you and I are cut from the same cloth. Like I'm a highly collaborative person. And so pulling people out of their flow, out of the um, projects that they're working on just to spend 15 minutes on a call with me to ideate, I can do that with someone else at this point in time. And I can say, don't like that idea. Let's try this variation. What about this? What about in, in terms of ideating as well? Like what persona are you trying to target here? Do you want to speak differently, let's say to an executive versus maybe an individual contributor? And so I think that's where, and I know I got ahead myself earlier, beyond just the ideation phase, but as we're talking about ideating here, it's like, 
how can you slice and dice this? How can you reframe it? How can you talk to a different industry, a different persona, all of that? And like, you can do that with somebody real time. You're just not pulling a colleague out of their flow. You're instead doing it with something that has a big wealth of knowledge and may hallucinate a little bit. So your filter has to be there to your point and you've got to use your own judgment on it. But like to go from one idea to 50 ideas to hundred ideas and the span of five to 10 minutes, all the different variations that you can parse through. I think, I think that is just such an accelerator for people. Yeah. And I think you hit on something else talking about personas that, you know, so in some cases, especially as you're getting started with AI, the prompting process, there is a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you know, I have like what I thought was a good prompt three months ago, I recognized was like totally <laughs> crappy. And, you know, I had to do way more work after. And so some people will argue that that level of effort to really put in a good prompt, you know, air quotes, isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I have taken away is that it really, especially for a marketer, forces you to think about the business, the audience, what you're trying to accomplish mm -hmm. at a deeper level that I don't think we always do when we're doing something ourselves. Like really, you know, you talk about the persona, um, you know, what are we trying to get them to do? Are we trying to get them to buy? Are we trying to get them to feel? Are mm -hmm. we, you know, trying to get them to take some action? Like the thought process that you have to go through in order to properly prompt, I feel like is a thought process that we should be having anyway, that we often just because we're all go, go, go. And, you know, just had uh, last month some sessions about executive burnout and, you know, <laughs> how we're all stretched too thin. So it's like we don't always have that time to stop and really strategize. And that's one thing that I have found that prompting forces me to do because I have to, so that I'm not putting garbage in, I have to really think about those things. Yeah. I, up there? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, if you think about, you know, people have wondered, is, is AI good for junior writers? Is AI good for, you know, more senior experienced writers? But at the end of the day, ideally everyone's using the same framework. They're talking about all the different dimensions of the persona or the person or their audience that they're trying to speak to. The more experienced writer might be doing that more second nature. The more junior writer might need that more explicitly written out. And I think that's been one of the most interesting things I've experienced as teams try to use this is like creating a collaborative space where everybody can see what the input was to also see the output. Like that sometimes can be the difficulty of like one author bespoke tools. Like let's just say one team member is using ChatGPT, they share their output but they don't share what their input is. And that input is what can be so valuable for everybody else on the team to understand, okay, what was the audience you were trying to target with this? How did you get the results that you got as the output coming out of it? And so I, I like the idea, and I think this is what you're getting at as well, of like a common framework across everyone, which is these are the points that you should be trying to input to get the right outputs, but then also democratize that. Share that with the team, have everybody be aware of what drove that persona level targeting that you were able to do that was successful successful. So you can repeat that and replicate it the next few times. Yeah, we've started, we use Guru for knowledge, you know, our knowledge base, mm -hmm. yeah. knowledge sharing yeah. internally. And so we've started a Guru card with some of the key things. Like we started with just our prompt voice in being mm -hmm. able to say like, here's how you nail our voice. And the intent is to then expand to some of the things that you're talking about so that as everybody is using whatever they're using, 
that we're kind of, you know, we're putting that same consistency there. That's great. That's great. I love that. Doc that documentation probably drives not only so much consistency across your team, but it also helps everybody improve their output. So you're also just getting better results across the team as well, too, I'm sure. Which is a great segue into talking about the writing process, yeah. which, yeah. Um, you know, I think is probably the part of the process that gets the most bias mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the most number of people talking about AI content de detection and, and all yeah. the negatives. Um, so just, you know, what's, what's the key in your opinion to leveraging AI for actually writing something that is a solid output? So obviously there's got to be editing always, but you know, where do you see AI being beneficial in the process um, for the writing? Yeah, I, um, you know, it's been interesting. We've seen this evolution where I think early on, early on, meaning like last year with AI, <laughs> it was very much like prompt in, output out, new prompt, output out at that point. And I think people are starting to build this muscle of writing with AI and not just asking AI to write for them. And I think that fundamentally is going to be where this continues to go, which is you're starting to write your paragraph. You get a few sentences in, you have AI support you on the next sentence because you're blocked for a minute. And then you get the next sentence going again. And I think that's where we're going to see people really start to become advanced with using AI as part of the writing process is like, bring it in every step of the way. Now there's just the fundamental difference of like, I want to write this and I just want AI to edit it later. I get that. Or I just want to write a prompt and I want to get, you know, a first draft written by AI. AI get that as well too. But where I think people are really going to excel is thinking about, you know, throughout the actual writing process, throughout the idea of getting words on paper, where can you bring AI in as a part of that, as somebody who's like a collaborative writer with you, as opposed to somebody who is just giving you back the content that you requested? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think this is a place where writer excels because um, I'm not one to do an outline. Like, I don't think I've done an outline for writing since college, uh, <laughs> which yeah. was way too long ago. And when I first started using writer, you know, it was like the assistant tool and I put in some stuff, you know, I put in like my what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I clicked the button and it was like, here's an outline. And that then made, you know, like, again, forced that thought process of some places it was like, oh yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Let me tweak this. In other places it was like, no, that's totally not what I taught, you know, wanted to talk about, but it gave me that thought process of what are the points. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you put that in and then it gives you the sub points and, that collaborative nature, I definitely think is the place that we elevate the quality because I know my weakness in writing, you know, long form content. So short form, like subject lines and ad copy, I am not your person. So <laughs> AI has really been great for me there. Mm -hmm. Long form content, I'm really great at the meat but my transitions mm. tend to fall flat. So like intros and transitions between the key points, that's usually where my writing is just eh. And so going through that process, I'm like able to put all this meat in, in outline form. And then when I hit the button and I magically get a draft, it's used all of my own ideas and expertise 
and totally took away my weakness because it's got great transitions. And, and so I definitely feel you in terms of the collaborative nature of it um, and not just having the expectation that you're going to put some prompt and get, you know, I mean, short form, I think it does great, yeah, yeah. but long form, you know, not so much. Um, so yeah, it really is like that taking out, I think what I'm hearing from what you're saying is almost reframing the expectation in the writing process of what your role and what AI's role is. Yeah, I think that's totally, totally fair. And I love the, um, like self-awareness you have around your own writing abilities, because I think understanding where you maybe struggle, like in the transitions is a perfect use case then to go how see how AI can support you. But yeah, you're right. I mean, the intentionality of how that uh, blog post builder was built was around the fact that you should be a writer every step of the way. Therefore, what are what's the topic you want to speak about? What are these sub uh, sorry? What are the um, subtopics you want to speak about? Building out that outline. But there's even the point where you're thinking about okay, what stats and quotes etc. Do I want to be a part of this? And if you are just basic prompt and basic blog post output, you're not informing what should be in that output beyond just, you know, how extensive you made your prompt at the end of the day. But if you can make sure at every step of the way you're going to get quality, then you can overcome that skepticism we talked about earlier in this conversation, which is your quality will be better the more involved you are and the more guidance you can provide. So creating different steps to do that along the way, I think in a collaborative environment is what is just going to produce better quality for you. Um, yes, and I'm I'm definitely with you there. Um, and editing is we kind of touched a lot on the yeah. editing process while talking about writing. Um, what are some of the the kind of key benefits of leveraging AI in the editing process? Yeah, I mean, you've obviously got your basic, you know, spell check and grammar check. And I know a lot of people have been using extensions in the Chrome browser for a while to help them do that. I think it's actually the brand voice piece that's probably the game changer for a lot of people. So if you are able, whether through your initial prompt or through, you know, back end settings that you can change, like you can have in some solutions, get your brand voice in there. When you go to editing, then it's not just correcting you because you misspelled a word. It's also correcting you because you sunset that product name or you don't capitalize that word or use sentence case instead of title case and everything that you're supposed to be writing, et cetera. I think, I think when you can bring that element of editing into your process, it's really a game changer because that not only makes you as an individual writer more on brand with the writing that you're doing, but that reduces the editing time that's required of the one person that knows your style guide through and through. And so that when you're looking for like time savings across the organization, that type of editing support is probably the biggest game changer for people. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. It has helped us, like we have third party editors that we use that are just like freelancers. Mm -hmm. um, and it has definitely reduced our cost uh, because there are a lot more things that we're able to skip sending externally um, because we've, you know, felt like the AI has been solid in all of those things in, you know, bringing forth the voice, correcting, you know, grammar, mm -hmm. even making recommendations on how to enhance sentences that, you know, may not totally jive with the, <laughs> the overall yeah. uh, piece. Um, so, yeah. And then the last two pieces I'll talk about together, which is the publishing and distribution, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I think like most people think about just 
automation in, you know, there's been tons of tools that, you know, will automate the distribution of content. Um, you know, social media is probably the the most obvious or the mm -hmm. one, you know, one that's been around for the longest. Um, what are some of the other things that you are seeing people be successful with leveraging AI for publishing and distribution? Yeah, I think a lot of it is the repurposing piece. So if you think about how repurposing content is something that marketers have been tasked with since forever, and you think about how that applies to the publishing distribution, when you can take a single piece of content, especially a long form piece of content, and turn that into you know the 10 different essentially nuggets and different ways that you want to produce that content and not just a social media post but also the meta description that you need to use when you go to publish it also the um you know eventually email copy that you want to give your sales team that they can go promote that piece of content as well too that's what greatly accelerates but also widens your distribution as well too you can be across more channels in a much more accelerated fashion when you have ai supporting you and recreating those pieces and now when we bring this all back together when ai is generating social media copy and emails at the same time for you in that brand voice written in the way that you want now all of a sudden that's dramatically faster for you and you can click a couple buttons and get those things out the door and for a lot of people i have found you know they put their heart and soul into the main piece of content they created into the blog post into the long form piece creating the little snippets that they need to use to go distribute and publish out into the world isn't what you know feeds their soul at the end of the day and so for a lot of people that's where they actually lean in quite a bit is let AI help me distribute the great work that I've already done. And it's based on the work that you've already vetted. Like if you wrote the blog post and then you turn that blog post into social media posts through AI, that that's all based on your good work already. So you should expect a high quality output coming from that. Yeah. And I think two um, sort of themes that have carried through uh, everything that you've said is really the look at what you're good at. Mm -hmm. You do those parts and fill in the gaps with AI. Um, and then I love your last statement is the, what feeds your soul? Like, mm -hmm. what are the parts that you really get jazzed about? So, you know, which is kind of a different flavor of what are you good at, but in some cases there may be things that you're not great at, but you really love doing. Um, and, and so, you know, and I think when I talked to Nicole, that collaborative nature was also the, you know, key mm -hmm. thread that, that she wove through her message was it really is a collaborative process. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I think on the feeding your soul piece, yeah, you might not be good at writing ad copy, but if you love writing ad copy, like don't take that away from yourself. Like find other areas that you can have AI support at the end of the day, because you should enjoy parts of your job every single day. Why not still hold on to those pieces as much as you can? Yeah, I definitely believe in the 80-20 rule, like 80% yeah. of your day should be spent on the stuff that you actually love. And the 20% is just the stuff that comes with the territory. And <laughs> if that's not your life, you may be in the wrong job. <laughs> fair, fair. If you can't find 80, then you definitely are going to have issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little random career advice. Um <laughs> Well, Ryan, talking about our challenges is just the first step and nothing changes if nothing changes. And so in traditional therapy, the therapist gives the client some homework, but here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head and ask you to give us some homework. So if you could give us your one thing, what is our first step, our, our one action item that we can do coming out of this session? 
Yeah, I think if you've got time today, depending on when you're listening to this, or let's say starting tomorrow, write down throughout the day, every time that you had to create a piece of content. I know we've talked about writing here today, but that could also be image related content, audio related content, et cetera. But anytime that you had to create a piece of content, write that down. And then at the end of the day, go back and look at all of that and think about how long did it take me to do those? Where did I get stuck in my process? And then the next day, I would encourage you to go try to automate that in some way. Go whether it's a solution you already have or a new tool that you need to go find, go try to find one of those things and see if you can reduce your time from 30 minutes to 15 minutes or 15 minutes to five minutes, but just find a way to improve your day a little bit using AI, but you need to know where you can even focus. And you can do that just by writing down almost like keeping a journal of the writing work that you did that day, or like I said, graphics, audio, anything else that you need to as well. Um, I love that. And, you know, taking stock of our time and our effort, I think, is always valuable, uh, whether, you know, AI is the solution or, you know, sometimes it's just I shouldn't be doing these things, but to delegate. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great starting point because I do think people who are more late adopters sometimes struggle with where do I start, mm -hmm. um, especially with AI, because there's so many tools and things are moving so fast that sometimes, you know, if you, if you, some people feel like they've missed the boat, like, yeah. you know, or that the boats, you know, it's a speed boat and they can't jump on. Uh, I'm good for beating an analogy to death. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really like that as our one thing. So for those listening, um, if you're listening in the morning, let's try it today. If you're listening in the afternoon or evening, uh, make it an action for tomorrow to journal all the things. Let's start with things that you write um, and see where you can leverage AI. I, I think it. that is a great takeaway. And I have enjoyed our discussion, Ryan, but that's our time for today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Brandy. And thanks everyone for listening in. Yes, I was going to say, I was going to just say that. Thanks everyone for joining us. I hope you have enjoyed my conversation with Ryan. I can't believe we're already at the end. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at revenuerehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.